back, everybody. Welcome back to Los's Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, yes. Carlos Reyes, otherwise known as Los. All right, so Reese, Los is like this last part of my of my name, right? Obviously, like that. But for me, Los um, means uh, 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 I don't know what Los means. Uh, love. Oh my God! What I'm, does it mean? What does your name mean, brother? Who am I? Who am I? because lately, um, you know, I reach out to people on social media and stuff. And if people hit me up in my DM, I respond, you know, and um, it's like I just started getting really great questions from Mm. people who are my fans. I even went to the hairdresser and (laughs) this girl for the first time, it was my first time going. The woman started doing my hair. She was listening to Solange. Mm. So I, I said to her, I said, hey, have you... Um, ever heard of an artist Reese, right? I masked up. I had a mask on and she starts going off and she's like going off about this artist Reese. And I'm like, thank you. You know, thank you. And then she's like, um, well, we, you know, it wasn't just like that. Like we were talking about music. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about others, like a lot of music. She was a music head, you know, and she prided her herself in, um, the music that she was playing on, in her salon, you know, like that's her vibe, you know, and it just, it was material and, and artists that I figured I was like, you know, I wonder if she listens to my album or like, maybe she should, like, I would love for her to play it in here, you know, because a lot of people have heard my music word of mouth, you know, or mm-hmm. in situations like that. And I told her who I, I finally told her who I was and she freaked out. Mm. She's like, Oh my God, I have so many questions to ask you. Mm. And I said, you know what? I'll be back. I'm going to come back and I want you to, you know, do my hair again. Right. And I want you to, um, I want us to film you asking me questions because I felt, and, and, and like you too, like when, when we reached out, we reached out to each other or I don't know how, you know, it happened, but it happened like just a natural organic thing, like how you are on Twitter and, you know, and DMS and responding to people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you are asking me really great questions and this happens 
pretty pretty often. I, I feel yeah. like the people that listen to my music are very intelligent. They're music lovers. Um, they just, you know, they're my peers. We're a lot of a lot of us are the same age. Some are younger. I, I had a sixteen year old mm. recently say she, you know, he just heard my album for the first time, which mm. I, I was very happy. But I noticed that fans have the best questions. They have mm. way better questions than you know journalists ask because journalists ask pretty much the same things all the time. Not all of them, not all journalists. I get it. But I feel like I want to know what my fans. I want to answer the questions that my fans want to know about me. Like, mm. why do I really care about what some random person that you know has a job to write articles on the people they're told to write about? you know, who really read my bio and is asking me questions that are already answered in my bio. I'd rather hear from the people that have bought my music, people who have listened to my music for years, the people that are really sitting at home wondering, like, real shit, you know? And right. things that matter to them, you know? And, right. Uh, I just decided, I said, you know what, I think I'm going to do this, like, once a week. I think I'm going to try to get on Instagram and give the real fan who is the reason why I'm here the opportunity to ask me whatever the hell y'all want to ask. Yay! And I did also, which I do rarely, I mm. rarely do this, Oh, but oh. I, you know, and I did this with you. I sent you some new music and stuff and because I really wanted, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about it, but not a whole bunch, but, you know, I send people music, you know, and I, I want to know. I want to know what fa- real fans like super fans think yeah music. i don't and, you and know that's what's important we'll certainly hey, get to that oh, for let me, sure let me give a shout out to ruby platinum oh my god I'm shout saying, out yeah, shout, shout out, out away shout out to her i was talking to her I, all last week i don't even know who's on watching but shout out to everyone salute to all of your fans and and my supporters as well and we're gonna get to that and um you know how i feel about the new music but we'll <laughs> I want to start here. Say it again. I, I want to start here. You've gone on record in the past. You, young lady. You didn't like Tsunami at first. No. I'm sorry, y'all. I know. Oh, and the disclaimer here this is that over. I have no... The disclaimer <laughs> is, number one, I have no idea what questions I'm going to be asked. I'm just taking them as I get them. That part. It, I'm <clears> taking it like I live it. You know what I mean? So, okay, Tsunami. That's you know it's my favorite song. We've talked about not, this. I mean, it's a lot of people's favorite song, and they be looking at me like I'm crazy. But I really didn't... I remember, like, I strongly remember going to the studio in New Jersey, and, mm. you know, Santi wrote that song, Santa Gold. Santa Gold. And she was like... We, the, we went to the studio, and I was like, wait... The song that I planned that I was practicing and rehears- you know, getting ready to sing, for some reason, wouldn't work on the computer. Like, the computer mm. was just not working. And Tsunami was like the next song. They were like, well, you just do Tsunami then. Just sit right there and like learn it real quick and then record it. And I was like, "Wow, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was like, that song, I'm not really into it. I think it was because so many of the other songs were like so... Um, so different to me like so what i've never heard before yeah and with tsunami those are the same chords as uh about marley's song called, oh uh, yeah called no woman no cry so oh yeah 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 yeah. Song, yeah 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 every time i heard the song i was just like 
You've not, you've blended both songs live before too. Yeah, I, I yeah because that that's what makes me like it. But what else made me like it was that a lot of people love the song, and I had to like actually just yeah. sit back and be like, why am I sitting here talking about what I don't like? Like everybody else like it, so why don't I like it again? You know, and you know, I'm used to my voice. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hear my voice, like, to me, I'm like, okay, that's how I sound. And I had to actually just kind of step outside of myself and say, well, maybe that's another reason, too. And that's why people like it. And yeah. maybe it sounds very personable. And I'm, it sounds like I'm there with you, maybe. I, you know? But yeah. it grew on me. I ain't going to front it grew on me. I, I definitely had to, yeah. like, sing that song enough. And I was just like, you know what, it's like. Well, two things about that song. <clears throat> For me, it's like a beautiful... First of all, it's a beautiful love song, but right? So you, you're... You, the, because... And we're talking about how I do, just to give um, more context to everyone listening. But I think it's great because it's pretty much the closing song on how I do. Well, you have, a, you have another song that sneaks in right afterwards. We'll get to that one, too. But I like that it's kind of like that juxtaposition, right? Because you just gave us all these vibes and element, and then it's just like, all right, sit down and let me just tear at your heart a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really chill. That's that's exactly what I meant when it's like you know, it's Love different it. than all the other songs, Love it. and it's chill, and it's chill, and it's yeah. just very straightforward, and it's just about one one vocal, and you know, maybe at the time I was just into stacking vocals and you know doing all this extra stuff or feeling like I had to and. But at the end of the day, people just want to hear a good voice and a voice that they believe. I know that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it changed over time why I like that song, you know. Um, I love singing it. Yeah. I love singing it because Mm. it's it's the the time in the set where, you know, for me, like, when I first started, I had a big band. I had, like, all Mm -hmm. these black rock, um, you know, musicians, you know, playing behind me, and we was rocking, you know what I'm saying? Like, on 10 and mm. that song was the, the moment that I was like oh I can hear myself sing I can mm-hmm. hear myself so, when, when I saw you do you had a, are you still with your musician I didn't mean to cut you off but um, you had a guitarist Asian looking maybe uh... his name is Dai he's amazing <sighs> are you still he's, with that gentleman well yeah I mean he's you know he's a, he's always a friend like Dai sure. is my home but he's um, you know he's in South Philly he plays with a lot of other artists but he actually has an amazing band himself. Like, he's a producer oh, who makes his own music. And it's sure. called um, Samurai. It's called it's called Samurai something. Right. But that, uh, that, that music is, like, cracking. Like, I was so surprised because he can play anything. Mm. But when someone that can play anything um, decides to do their own band, that's, to me, the most interesting thing that they will ever do. It's, like, what they produce. You know, he can go play this song. He can play, all, he can play any note. You know, he knows how to play. Right. When he's producing his own thing. and <clears throat> Samurai, Suzuki Samurai, or something like that. I, you guys got to look him up, though. His For name sure. Is Dad, and um, we'll, <clears throat> we'll tag his name on the on something. Yeah, for sure. So definitely. Because his, his music is cracking. So shout out to Dad. Shout out. Listen, I have a question. Um. For, for, for anybody who is not too, too familiar about your music or where you're from, first of all, you're from Philly. A big shout-out to Philadelphia. Give us a little bit of that. What what was the music scene like for you there growing up? Well, I, you know, to be brutally, brutally honest, I grew up, I, I was born in Philly, 
but then I, when I was like in kindergarten, I went to my, my parents moved, you know, mm. moved to the suburbs of Philly, like about 20, 25 minutes outside of Philadelphia. Uh, we moved to a city called um, Penn Valley. Okay. Lower Marion. And now everybody knows Lower Marion because that's where Kobe went to high school. He went to Lower Marion High School. And Lower Marion was kind of nice. Like, it was nice. It is, it's not like city Philly at all. It's like a Jewish neighborhood. Okay. Old money. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ooh. big, big, 100-year-old houses and some nice shit. They oh, got yes. money. Yeah, my, I mean, my parents worked hard. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. My, my dad was a gangster straight up. And he, like, you know, he owned corner stores. He was a hustler. Like, he, you know, owned corner stores, you know, and did, you know, street numbers and stuff like that. So... You know, he made us come up and he's like, okay, I'm going to move my family out outside of the city. You know what I mean? I want my kids educated right. So Absolutely. I got to them for that. And um, so I grew up there. But, you know, I, I claim Philly just because everybody else in my family lives there. And so that's where I spent a lot of time. Okay. And that's where I, um, you know, I worked in my father's store in North Philly, um, like on 23rd and Ridge, which is, uh, you know, now like this, like trying to be gentrifying neighborhood but it's, it's good though like it's a yeah. good neighborhood whether it was gentrified or not it's cool like you know people live where they live you know and um the funny thing is how about this mm. the funniest thing is that my boyfriend now my who's also my partner in music Steve oh. McKee, if he lived a few if he grew up like a few blocks over like maybe like one or two mm-hmm. like parallel we he would have been going to like the corner store that i worked in and that my parents owned. And, like, oh. I would have known him since he was, like, a kid. Because, like, you know, you a kid, you'd be, like, go to the corner store all the time. Sure, yeah. And so it's kind of crazy. Because I'm like, oh, man, I would be crazy if I knew him when I was, like, a kid, you know? And then, like, you know, we end up doing this or whatever. But um, nonetheless. That's yeah, awesome. Um, what was the question, though? I forgot the question. Oh, Well, just the music scene in Philly. and, and, and I have no fucking idea how it was. Because I was living in the suburbs. And my parents were like, um... Yeah, you can come down here to work at the mm. store, but they like, you know, I wasn't really, I'm going to be honest, I was not a kid that was hanging out like that. Okay. I was not like 14, 15, 16, trying to get in clubs. I was not a fast ass at all, at all. Like, I was not like that. I, um, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm reading the comments and which you guys will not see later, so we're not going to talk about it. I haven't even looked at them, but I see um, my friend who was at the show with me. He was the handsome white boy with the devilish blue eyes. That would be that would be Nickelback. <laughs> He's actually pretty mind blown that um, I'm doing this right now with you. He's so proud. Oh, that's awesome. But um, so yeah, like so you Phil, know, yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to Nickelback. But, um, but yeah, like I really just you know I was in the suburbs. I was like at home. I was taking tennis lessons. I was learning how to play squash. I was playing lacrosse. I was going to school i was coming home i did not like have a license to drive anywhere until i was like 18 you know i didn't really i wasn't like fast like that so i wasn't like out in the clubs but i eventually started going to like the five spot but i never performed there you know what Mm. i mean i never like had any kind of like i didn't perform there or anything i didn't do like the typical like philly route you know right and i'm glad because you know I didn't want to be in this, I didn't want to just be like stuck in this town or felt like I was just a singer, like a Philadelphia singer or something, you know, like I am, but I just wanted to, I always had my like eyes on a bigger prize, you know, even though Philly is like super dope, has so many great musicians, so many talented 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of us here. But for whatever reason, I think because I I didn't go to school with a lot of the people, Mm -hmm. you know, I just felt like, I don't know about the Philly music scene. As far as I knew, the Philly music scene was, you know, Teddy Pendergrass and Kenny Gamble, and they lived Mm. around the corner from me in the suburbs. You know what I mean? So, everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I like listen to a lot of old school music. So I do like a lot of like Motown and stuff like that. That was like the Philly music scene for me. Yeah. But shout well, out to all of everybody that is out there and doing it. Would you say there was a particular album that really like said to you and, you know, here, this is what I want to do? Um, I think it was, I always listen to music growing up because of my family. You know, but there were certain albums that just, I mean, when I was a kid, like, I, when I was a kid, I had a dream that Stevie Wonder, like, lived in this house down the street, like, from me. And that we would always drive by this house around this curve. Mm. And for some reason, I got obsessed with this house. I, you know, and you know how dreams are when you're listening to Stevie Wonder's music or something, like, you dream about Stevie Wonder sometimes. And I thought Stevie Wonder lived at this house. And every day I would drive by, I'd be like, Stevie Wonder lives there because I had a dream that he lived there. So I would say Stevie Wonder was the man for me. Respect. It was um, an respect. album called Hotter Than July. Yes, respect. And I would, read, I would read it in and out, back and forth, up and down, read mm. all the credits, the the um, all the lyrics, you know what I mean? I felt like Stevie Wonder like helped me learn how to read or something, because I would just like listen and read the lyrics and try to learn them, and that's it. Like, that was the record. Like, that was a real record for me. Right, so, right. And if you're going to be inspired by anyone, who not better than Stevie Wonder, right? Yeah, I mean, but Incredible. you know what? You don't know that as a kid. You just know. Yeah, kid, yeah. You know, so it's like, I didn't know any better. I just was like, oh, this motherfucker jamming, like, you know, this, this <laughs> album. And, you know, I would dance in the mirror with my mom and stuff like that. And we would listen to, like, Jennifer Holiday, And, mm. you know, you know, but, mm. you know, Respect. it was, I didn't know. I just knew what I felt and even when I, I play music for my nephews it's the same thing like they don't know what they listen to yeah they just like stuff right you gravitate to what you gravitate to yeah. absolutely I want to get into um because we are approaching 20 20 years of the yes. of the release of how I do <sighs> queen 20 years first of all um Congratulations, right? Because you created a classic, right? So that album, How I Do, and I think many of your fans and anybody's watching can agree, you can drop that album today, and that album still sounds current and relevant. And even just lyrically, what you're talking about, it's so relatable. So shout out to that. I I think that album, I can't even take credit for the whole thing. Like, Hmm. it was definitely a group effort. Like, that album, it was... And I think a lot of the best albums, whether we want to admit to it or not, as artists, they were they were group, um, you know, group uh, group projects, pretty mm-hmm. much. You know, it's like we had a person. It was almost like some old Motown shit. Like we had a manager who was managing, all, you know, managing me, but also managing the 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 um, the flow and how we proceeded with the project. Mm-hmm. We and that manager. You know, he made sure that we had the right A&R. His friend named Naeem Ali was actually in the marketing department at the label. And we were like, oh, no, we need we need an A&R to A&R this project that we fuck with. So 
we got him to move from marketing department to A&R department and he became our A&R. But this other guy who who's on the record named Jeff Red, he, I guess, A&R too. But honestly, it was like back in them days in the music industry where people could say they did stuff and like they didn't do anything. Or maybe I just, he did behind the scenes stuff or something. Mm-hmm. But like, I never really saw Jeff Red, but he has his name on the album like he A&R did. So kudos to him. But maybe he did like the behind the scenes work, but mm-hmm. Naeem Ali was the guy who was there every day. You know, okay. um, we had Santi. She was writing the songs. She was like, "I'm songwriting." She helped me out a whole lot with the album. She helped me Santa out with Gold. my career in the beginning. So shout out to her. And then we had um, Doc McKinney who did the production. Um, Santi and I heard his album with Estero. Uh, early early on in like 98 or something it came out and um, I heard the, that we heard it and we, me and Santi said yeah we want this guy to produce it so we reached out to him and um, you know and that was the team you know and the people that he brought he brought a guy named Kobe James that, that helped write um, Ice King or actually mm-hmm. no Kobe James actually wrote a song called Ice King and then because I was a female I, I was like oh I need to change I was like I need to change these lyrics and so Together, we changed the lyrics for it and made it for a woman. And um, there's a guy named Fingers that did the keys. And, you know, and there was a guy named Malik Worthy. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of people did a lot of work on that on that album. Didn't get credit. Mm. Didn't get Damn. credit. And, okay. And, yeah, and it, it's not okay, but I just, you know, I mean, that's yeah, why it's no, important it's not okay, right but... now. Yeah, ah. but, you know, it's surprising, you know. Yeah. But it, but I wanted to, you know, mention those people's names because I don't think they got their their credit, you know, like a Kobe James and 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 uh, Malik Worthy and you know all the other guys that were in Toronto that were helping the producer, you know, make this great music. You know, Santi did a lot of stuff on the production tip, you know, um, and you know it was an interesting. It wasn't you know peaches and cream on that John, you know, mm. but we, we when we all came together and we all loved something we knew was right you know and that's when we would go on to the next song and say okay that song is finished when everybody liked it when the management liked it when i liked it when santi liked it when doc liked it that's when it was like okay we cool right 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 that was the, the those were the, the four people i had to like love it you know, you mentioned Estero and um, one of my one of my best friends, one of my he's like my brother, Gary, um, who I mentioned where I discovered your music. At. Shout out to Gary. Um, hopefully he's on. Um, used to listen to them. And I'm sure he's if he's on, he's probably going crazy right now because all oh, yeah. of these artists that you're mentioning from Philly, he's very familiar with. I wanted to ask you. So you mentioned Ice King, right? Brilliant song. Um I think we all have an ice king in our lives, don't we? Um, Nas is on the remix. Yeah. What was that like? Did you get to be in the same studio? Or was it you record here and then I send it back and then I record here? Because, you know, Nas is like Illmatic. Come on. I mean, let me tell you this Nas story. It's very probably unexpected, but that's how the music industry is. So. I did my whole album, you know, album was done, label was like, all right, we're doing a remix, we need to do some remixes, um, and you know, remixes, they explained to me at the time, mm. because I'm new, I was new, 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 like, new, like, I didn't even know anybody in the music industry except Santi, oh. and 
in the music industry until her dad told me. You know what I mean? So I was like, um, all right, well, uh, we need remixes. And they said, yeah, Reese, you know, remixes, we do remixes so you could, we can get the song in other markets, mm. you know? you know, push it in other markets. So, you know, who do you want to do a remix? And I'm like, yeah. I had my list. It was like Ghostface, you know, Woo! like, uh, one, because Nas, you know, he had commercial success too. So, and like, you know, mm. so we're going to get Nas. And they're like, all right, who are we going to get to produce it? So they looked around. It's like, oh, we're going to get, uh, I think it was Trackmasters to do mm. it. So we gave them the all you know all the music that they needed all uh, the session. It's called the session with all the song you know the whole song with all the different parts separated, so they can decide if they want to use the our beat or our sounds or if they want to come up with something new. Right. So they, you know, they gonna make a remix. They made the remix, and they had all these vocals and stuff like that. And I, I was not feeling it. At the time, I was like, mm. I was like, wait, why do you use those vocals? That's the background singer vocals that we didn't even keep in there. Like, why did he even have those? You know? And then he, he I heard the rhyme, and he was at the time when I, when I first heard it, he talking about something Kuta, something Kente, and I'm like, huh? Nas, like, what are you doing? So at the first, you know, couple times hearing it, I, it wasn't like a obvious. Oh my God, I love this. You know. Mm. So wow. the A&R said, so, like, can he do it again? And they were like, what? And I'm like, can, can he end? Like, can another verse? Like, I don't know if I'm feeling that. Mm. They were like, no, it's Nas. Like, you paid him, like, 75 Gs or whatever. Like, no. And so Ooh. I was like, okay. So then I was living in L.A., and I decided to go to a rest, like this, like fast food restaurant called Baja Fresh. Okay. Kind of like a little upscale, a little, a slightly upscale, like Taco Bell, right? <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm in this job. <laughs> like I normally dress, you know, regular and shit. And all of a sudden, I see Nas and like his entourage coming Baja Fresh. And I'm like, uh... oh my, this is my chance. And I'm not even looking like superstar fly. I'm not like that. I'm looking like myself. You know what I'm saying? Like myself. So I'm like, oh my God, this is your chance. You should just tell him, you know, like you got to tell him. Like, so before Mm. I leave and I'm hyping myself up and I'm by myself. So I don't even have nobody hyping me up. Like, say it, please. So I'm like, so I just like collect myself. Walk over to his table with all these dudes sitting there because it's Nas and like, you know, and I'm like, <clears throat> I can hear my stomach, like my, 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 <laughs> my nerve wrecking. like, hi, um, mm-hmm. um, my name is Reese, R-E-F, <laughs> um, I, you did a remix for, I'm signed to like, you know, MCA record and he's like, Oh, what's up, my yeah, yeah, and I'm like, um, yeah, I heard the um, remix. Is there any way you could like rewrite the verse? And he's like, fabulous. 
fabulous. How ballsy of you. <laughs> uh, you got how your people talk to my people. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have my people talk to your people. Like, that part. And so I leave, and I had my people talk to his people, and his people was like, no, nah, this nigga ain't doing that shit again. Like, he got your money. You good. He got, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got one. You got your verse. Like, no. So he didn't do it. However, he did come to my showcase, the first showcase that I had. And, um, you know, he was, like, right there watching the yeah. shit. Like, you know, like, let me see what she about. You know? Wow. Did it. And you know what? I just had to take it on the chin because, uh, you know, like, uh, my label wasn't going to shell out another 75 G's for him. For him to re-record it. But that's just how it goes, but. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just going to, like, ask him, like, what I got to lose. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you saw They Say Vision? Because there's a video cut to Golden Boys, uh, if if my memory serves me correct. Yeah. Was it, it I'm so, What was that? In Zynga, in Zynga Stewart, she's uh, the director mm. She's done a whole bunch of stuff after that. So, do you remember the first time um, you saw your videos play on TV and and what that talk talk us through what that experience was like? Honestly, I do, I don't remember the I don't remember the first time I saw it because when you do a video like you watch it so much while it's being edited, so it's almost like I don't know I don't I didn't have like that moment and I uh. also moment because i was out working it you know like a lot of people think i don't know what people think or whatever when like you're a singer and stuff and you're you know promoting your music but you're not uh, you're not really around for the the accolades or like the the opinion or like the the feedback like you don't really mm. get feedback from the people who are actually watching it because you're like mm. on to the next city yeah there like when my shit was popping like i heard that like brooklyn was popping with it like brooklyn loved it atlanta loved it but i wasn't in atlanta at the time i wasn't in brooklyn at the time i was like going from city to city working it in like random cities and stuff so like you never really you know you never really get that like that full like vibe of what what it really feels like for your music to be like in the scene or in like the you know like the thing of the time because you're not sure. there you're like it's very fast paced and you don't get a chance to live in the moment you don't you don't you by the time you realize like your shit was hot and everything it's like it's like a year later and you're walking down the street and everybody's like oh my god are you are you <laughs> you're like yeah but why do they care now don't have a song out but you know it's like <laughs> oh my god I wanted I, I wanted to ask you what was touring like around that time and promotion for that album um, because I'm you know you're you had a number one dance uh, on the Hot 100 dance tracks with They Say Vision the remix I have a story for you I remember being a 19 year old still in the closet <gasps> and going to the clubs and listening and hearing the the dance remixes and getting my life. Getting my life, and I remember my ex boyfriend at the time. <clears throat> was just like, "Why do you always listen to this 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 Reese Reese? What's up with this Reese?" And I remember one time you came to 
or you were on the bill to come to Six Flags. Do you remember this with Amanda Perez? I, I absolutely remember that show because <laughs> I didn't get to go. Thanks to him. Yeah, I, I was doing it with Vanessa Carlton, and it was funny because I talked to her like backstage, and she was bitching, not bitching in a bad way, but like just like talking about John Mayer and how he stole like her favorite pair of jeans or something, and she was just like. Oh. Stole my favorite pair of jeans. What else? Was, you, what else did you steal there, John Mayer? John Mayer. Yep. They used to date briefly, and she was just like, oh. like she was mad. Like I was just like, girl, I'd been mad too. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, Amanda Perez uh, coming off of a ride, and I'm like, "Where's Reese? Reese has got to be here." And um, that's okay. I didn't get to see you live that day, but I'm surely making up for it now. So if my ex partner is watching, uh huh. Um, so. <laughs> Let's move on. I forgot what my previous question was. I'm sorry. Um, oh, touring and just being on stage around that time. And do you talk, talk us about that and just the feeling of it around that time. Because it's all right. So fresh and so new. So do you remember like a lot of the places you went to and and traveled well, I, to? I, uh, hmm? Do I remember the places? I remember it like... I mean, it was a defining moment in my life, you know, being like having this opportunity to sing and travel and do all this stuff. And it was all for the first time. So, like, I really remember it. Like, I remember where I was at, the cities. I remember not remembering the cities, like going on stage and just doing as much that I'm like, where are we at? Right, and, right. Um, You know, it was a defining moment in my life. So those... Yeah. The, the, 
ever forget. You know what I mean? And it was, first of all, the very first show that I ever did was at this place called, um, I think it it was in Santa Monica. Mm. And it was, man, they they changed the name of it. I think it was called Dakota Inn later. The last name of it was called Dakota oh, Inn. Okay. But before it was called that. And um, I remember, like, you know, going shopping for it. We went to, like, you know, Dolce Gabbana and mm. da outfit. And I got on stage and it was just like, I was so nervous because that was the first show that I I never sang more than two songs back okay. to back. And I had to do this showcase in L.A. And, you know, at first, like those first few shows, like when I mean first few, I mean like the first like six months, eight months of shows. I used to be so nervous that I couldn't eat that day. And I like number two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I could. So like when everybody's like, yo, you had that body. <laughs> Stomach was flat. It was like right because I couldn't, uh, and my nerves were so bad. I kept not the bubble guts, not the bubble guts. It was so crazy. Like I hate to say it, it's so embarrassing, but like that is the real of it. So I had like the six pack popping like with with ease, okay? Because I was just like not eating, and Mm. you know on days of shows, but Mm. I would get through them. Oh, you know what else was really really hard for me was talking to the crowd in between songs. I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know, you know, what to say. So I would really try to plan out. They, they were telling me, like, you have to plan out what you're going to say then. Like, think about it before each song. Know when you're going to, you know, and those are the beginnings of when you're performing for the first time. And I think a lot of us go through it. I don't, you know, no one is natural, like naturally, like, hey, funny and normal and stuff on stage, because that is not a normal place to be. Right, so, right. It's, yeah. It's never a microphone talking louder than everybody else. It's n- none of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's normal. So to, to when we act, when we're on stage and we're like flowing like it's normal, that's because it's it's practices, it's it's experience, it's effort, it's time, it's you know doing your ten thousand hours. You know, yes. It's, so I, that's what I remember how how nervous I used to be, and uh, yeah, and and mm. how I couldn't eat, and how everyone, <laughs> your body's crazy, and I'm like. You guys have no idea. But um, it was fun, though. Yeah. You know, I don't take it back. And I, I even, you know, I had the really tough time was when I had to open up for Maxwell. Ooh. Because mm. not because well, Maxwell was great. It was the fact that I they had me replacing, or they had me doing all the dates that Alicia Keys could not do. Mm. See, Alicia Keys has a 20th anniversary of her first album Happy as birthday, well. Alicia Keys, by the way. Today's her 40th birthday. Oh, it is. Yeah, happy birthday, mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. And it is basically, this. it's the same day. Her and I have the same anniversary of our first album. Um, hers was something in the keys, in A minor. And so- songs in A minor. Song, yeah, songs mm-hmm. in keys. And uh, so our, ours came out on the same day. And so uh, she, we were on tours where if she didn't do the tour and open up, then I would be the person opening up. Wow. Well, for me and you're opening up and, you know, Alicia Keys has like super duper like Clive Davis behind her and like all the marketing. People were expecting to see Alicia Keys on every Maxwell show. And so when people realized that, you know, Alicia Keys wasn't there, I had to really perform my ass off because 
people will be like, really like, well, what? Well, who the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was like typical R&B, which is what, you know, she does. So like, and, you know, it was just like, my thing was totally different. I was on some black rock shit. Right, like, right. Shout out to Flynn Rock 32, who's watching right now, because, you know, and, and we did a lot of rehearsals, you know, mm. and we came out there like ready to go but we was on some like oh guitars will be in your face oh yeah my drummer is fish from fishbone oh yeah like you know we got you know um brew anthony brewster brew deasy on keys and he's from the untouchables like these are classic groups you know what i mean Mm -hmm. from back in the day so it was just you know it it was always a challenge it was always proving somebody like yo we're, we're supposed to be here or you're you're gonna get an even better set than you would with Alicia. Um, it it was always that. So I don't ever, I don't have a problem performing for a thousand thousands of people that don't know who the hell I am or don't know where I came from because I I I got that practice in such the beginning where now it's like I can perform in front of everybody, anybody, and everybody, and you ain't got to know nothing. I'm I'm gonna make you you love it. Right. You, you mentioned a couple of things that I want to touch on um, Black Rock because you have an album, Black Girls Rock, released, I believe, 2000 and, ooh, 9, 10. Wait a minute. Look, let me look at my notes. Hold on. 2009? I mean, it's all it's all up to, it's all, it you know, he made it in one year and then, you know, the label, they didn't want to really release it and then it got bootlegged and then it came out. Which is crazy so. to me because, I'm sorry, you did that thing. You did your thing on that album. I, you really did. I don't mean to cut you off, but just like even like, um, what's the name of the song? On my way. Yeah, I like that song. That song, you know, um, this lit girl named Jill, Jill C, Jill. I forget her last name, but Jill. She was from this group called Luscious Jackson. From the night, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hooked me up with her to write songs and you know what that was a good ass cool. song we were and she did a good job and it's funny because she was like yo when i heard your music i thought oh she definitely listens to luscious jackson and i was thinking in my head i, I didn't even know i didn't even know what luscious jackson was until i got here lady you <laughs> <laughs> know i was like what mm-hmm. my album sound like what right right yeah. I just met you. I don't even know. But <laughs> when, when I did listen to Luscious Jackson, I was like, oh, them white chicks is all right. They're good. That part. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I was like, okay, I can yeah. sound like, I'll take that. Yeah. I, I have to give you props on that because a lot of people don't know about that particular album, and maybe they do. Um, and, and just another thought, too, before I forget, we talked about Nas, and you mentioned some of the great musicians that you've worked with. But there's one musician, if I'm not mistaken, that you really have an affinity for, um, and that is Wawa Watson. Oh, absolutely. For who you are. Now, he, I know the story from previous interviews, but please explain to the world. Well, Wawa Watson is an amazing guitarist, you know. This dude has over 150 Motown hits. He has played the wah, 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 on I've Been Feeling Tired, Baby. You know, the Marvin Gaye song. Mm-hmm. He, the Herbs Records. He was on I'll Take You There by um, Mavis Staple. He was on, like, he was a part of 
Headhunters with Herbie Hancock. He, I could go on and on and on and on about this man and his hit. You know, he's mm-hmm. an amazing guitar player, a great producer. Fabulous. Fabulous singer. People don't know that, but he, he can sing. You know, he passed away like a year or two ago mm. and, um, in October. And, uh, you know, God rest his soul. But he Amen. definitely was a major impact on me. I met him on the Maxwell tour. And he was the nicest person there to us. He was the nicest person there to the opening act, which That's is awesome. rare. Okay. That's he awesome. came and asked us if we needed anything. And even though that doesn't sound like, oh, the nicest motherfucker around, let me tell you, when you're on tour with like a huge star like Maxwell, nobody cares about you. They do not care. They be mm. like, whatever, you're you're lucky to be here, be on stage. Like, get on stage, don't be late, whatever. And he was the opposite. He was just like, you got ladies need anything? Because he knew how it was. He's mm-hmm. been around. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I'm going to personally come over here and make sure y'all good. And he did. And from that relation, from that tour, um, you know, we, we didn't hang out a lot or anything like that during the tour. But he made his presence known. Um, the type of person that he was and um, he was very helpful tour and um, he uh, he gave me his information he gave all of us his information I reached out to him a few months later and he was like come over like come over like you know any musician come come through came through his wife was there he had two dogs um, he was making wild wheezy wings and long island iced teas and he was just playing me music and this man has music for days and mm. you know a lot um he became like a big brother to me you know when my father was alive he came around to to california to visit you know while i took us out to breakfast and was just like yo you know i'm taking care taking care of this girl you know yeah. and um you know just looking out for her and you know we always remained friends and we ended up working together and it was the best experience of my career working in that studio session with him. And uh, I'll never forget it. That's never. awesome. You recorded never. that at Sunset Studio, L.A.? Yeah, you know, I asked Wawa, where do you want to record? And he was like, oh, Sunset Studio, Sunset Room. That's what it's called, Sunset, Sunset Room. Room. Okay. He wanted to go there because that's where he did all his hits with Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. I saw you do say that years ago. Wow. What did that feel like, the energy in that room, Reese? Did you, was it? It it was the energy, like, really the energy is being with the people that worked with Marvin. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like it was Marvin's studio. Like, it wasn't like Electric Lady. We recorded at Electric Lady, and that was like, that was Jimmy's home. You know what I'm saying? Like, the cat and shit is still there, you know? His cat. And, but, (laughs) just, but, but more than anything, it was like working with, Wawa Watson, working with Ray Parker Jr., working with, you know, um, James Gatson and Jim Gilstrap from Wonder Love. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's who it was. That's that was the, the special moment. You know, that was the vibe. It's like, damn, I worked with all the same people that all the people I grew up with worked that I right. grew up worked with. Right. I grew up listening to The Temptations. Freddie Washington was in the uh, in the room playing bass. For them and for me, you know, and, you know, on Wawa and Jim Gilstrap. I listen to Jim Gilstrap. He's the guy that sings uh, the first verse of um, You Are the Sunshine of, of My Life. life. Ooh. Like, Ooh. 
Evie comes in there on the second verse, but that first verse, you're like, who is that? Jim Gilstrap, but he sang backgrounds for Stevie Wonder, and he sang backgrounds for me mm. on that song. He became a friend. So it was like, those are the moments that that's what, that's what, what it was about. It was the fact that I worked with these people and like, and I got their best. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they made for who you are. Like, right. you know, came with a demo i came with the demo but you best believe that demo didn't sound like that i wrote the song to to my little guitar chords that i was learning at the time i had like three guitar chords i was like oh write the song to this right and, right and and then i asked my friend from the bush babies dj khalil or not dj khalil but the bush babies khalil i asked him i said khalil can you put some like drums on here put them eric b and rakim drums on it and I still have that demo. He was like, yeah, mm. I can do And I gave that to Wawa. And I was like, but before I gave it to him, I said, Wawa, I got a song. It's perfect for you. It's perfect for you. Because like at that point we were cool. And I don't know. I just like called him up and I asked him. And I was like, I got a song. But I was like, you're the only person that can do it, though. And he said, you don't even know Reese. But that, that was the, those were the magic words. Mm person wow. that could do it. I was just like, what? Like, why am I going to lie? Like, heck yeah, you're the only one that could do it. And he, he did that song. Yeah. He, like, I want you to know, we're going to learn from each other. I'm going to learn from you. You're going to learn from me. But I'm going to learn from you. Because you brought me this song. Like, you know? It was like, you know, you we going to do this together. We co-producing this together. Because you brought me this song. You know? Mm. And we did. He sat there one night in his studio and he was just like, all right, I'm going to like do the foundation of the song. And he put like 25 different layers of guitars on the song, bought with nothing else except the drums from a rhythm king, which is this little box that like gives you sound, like gives oh. you drum sounds. And he just played guitars over and over. And I literally laid, like, laid on the couch, laying on the couch <laughs> like this with my mm-hmm. head up. Mm-hmm. And he all right, you ready to do the vocal? And mind you, like, I was not a night person, but I had to become one. So I was just like, all right. Like, that's why I was laying on the couch. And he was, and I went to get up. And he's like, no, 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 no. Stay right there. He was like, wow. lay down right there. And he brought a mic stand over and had that motherfucker hanging over my head. <laughs> Fabulous. Just like, that we going to do it just like Marvin. And he's like, just stay right there. And if not a couple years later, because I didn't know what he meant, like, do it like Marvin. I was like, what? And, yeah. and I know Marvin Gaye, but I, you know, if I did not see a few years later, they got this video, and I want everybody on here to watch it. Marvin Gaye laying on the couch recording vocals with the mic stand hanging over his head, lying to you. That's how I did that first that first demo that I did with Lie to You Not. Fabulous. I was like, yeah. Fabulous. All that shit, I was like, Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! That was such an epic moment. Fabulous. Like, and I just had no idea. It was like you know, so to work with somebody who I listened to growing up, I listened to every single one of them 150 Motown hits that Wawa was on. And to later and in, in years later to be like, yeah, I work with this dude, and this dude thinks I'm dope. Like he tell his friends like I'm good. Mm-hmm. On. Mm. Come on. Mm. Like like damn that's how i feel right now talking with you queen 
because that same feeling see that's that right there is what i'm feeling inside and i'm having i'm i'm trying to be professional and be calm and not jump out of the seat um <laughs> i see a lot of comments um talking about for who you are so you you have a lot of love for that song i also noticed a comment that mentioned boston is waiting um little do you know i'm actually in uh the western mass area so shout out to boston uh, queen let me tell them for who oh. you are has Seven million hits on on YouTube. Thank you, guys. Used to be one of my best friends, someone I really love to talk to. When my day was coming to its end, but I know. This is Carlos, otherwise known as Los, your host from Los's Lounge Podcast. Hey, listen, have you ever been stuck with low or no data and you couldn't listen to your favorite podcast or do anything much, really? Well, let's focus on podcasts here. Or maybe it's one of those days where you were just getting spotty cell phone service. Listen, we've all been there, honey. Stop sweating the issue because I have the ultimate solution for you. Every podcast on the podcast listening app and website, Bullhorn, comes with a 10-digit phone number where you can call in and you can listen to the podcast like this one. What? Are you kidding me? It's fabulous. So there's no more reason why you should be missing episodes because low or no data with Bullhorn's data-free listening capabilities, you'll be set from here on out. If you're never without internet service and you're looking for a new podcast app with an awesome interface or just one right easy to use, then Bullhorn is also for you. Download Bullhorn podcast app in your provider's app store or stream on their website, bullhorn.fm. Big shout out to Bullhorn. Get on it. You heard me? Please, for anyone who's just tuning in, um, this is the incomparable Reese, and we are just chatting about a little bit about everything, and it's just been such an honor and a dream come true, and this will be on my podcast show, Los's Lounge Podcast, which you can stream on Pandora, you can stream on iHeartRadio, Bullhorn FM, Spotify, and everywhere else you can find a podcast please check it out reese yes who is golden boys about it was written about most stuff q-tip and wow I yeah i don't remember the third person but they weren't famous and it was really oh. santa gold wrote it and okay. um she was like dating most stuff at the time or whatever i guess she was mad at him and um 
she wrote about it wrote it about him because it was like you know how you gonna be a dude that's keeping it real but then be like at that time be like oh i'm not getting on the plane unless it's first class you know and this was like boogie down boogie down brooklyn most depth this wasn't like i'm you know well he was i guess already a star i just we you know he was already like a child star and stuff i guess mm. but he was still rocking like pnb sweatsuits you know what i'm saying like yeah Wow. And Q-tip, you mentioned Q-tip. Wait, go back. I need more information. I didn't write the song. So oh, she did. She did. Okay, okay, okay. Q-tip's one of my favorite artists of all time, too. Shout out to Q-tip. Oh yeah, Q-tip. He's a great DJ too. What but yeah, you know, Santi was, I guess, good friends with them, and that's what she wrote it about, and like got that she thought, you know, just weren't being honest you know about who like you know they would portray one one image that they were like keeping it real and down to earth but really at the end of the day they was just bougie as hollywood dudes you know but i think change okay i think the most important thing is that you know um you know i guess people are people and like you know well i have a definition i have a different outlook now on golden boys um, especially per my breakup. We'll talk about that another day. Um, <laughs> so for me now, Golden Boy is a fuck boy. That's it.
who is Reese now versus who Reese was musically or just in general 20 years ago now that we're on the 20th anniversary of upon the 20th anniversary of how I do okay let me tell you before I answer that question Mm -hmm. that is why we're doing this because that's a great question number one great question um Okay, when I first started my career, I thought it was going to be a, it was cool because it was a great job. Like, sorry to be so basic, y'all, but I always sang. I've been singing since I was eight years old. I had nobody in the music industry in my family. Um, You know, I was just like singing because I like to do it. I was one of them kids that like to do a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. Gosh, I'm off camp. I used to play saxophone for a little bit. I was swimming. I was, you know, playing softball, basketball, mm. uh, pool. Like, I I was doing, like, regular stuff. I had to go to work at my dad's number house, like, every day. I didn't have school except Sundays. And, you know, I, I was like, oh, this is about to be a dope job. I was in college, and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do for the summer. So so I, I, I know I wanted to get it and I wanted to get an internship for the next year in college. And for like my second year, I was a finance major. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was a finance major. And because um, my parents wanted me to go to school for business, you know, it was like they were entrepreneurs. Like, why? Like, what else is there to be but an entrepreneur? Like, I didn't really, you know, if you're going to do business. So um, I called my dad's friend up, asked him for to help me find an internship. He was a lawyer, happened to be Santi's dad. Very prominent, prominent mm. look in Philadelphia. And um, he was like, oh, yeah, 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 that's cool. I got you. Um, I, I got somebody, you know, to hook you up with a, a internship at like a money management company. You good. Um, and he hooked that John up. Like, he hooked that John up so good that when I went to the interview, they were like, okay, so how much do you want to make? On an internship. I like they he hooked it up. So basically I went to the office. He was like, Yeah, I got you. But he really wanted to just talk about like his daughter telling me what Shanti was doing. He's like, Shanti in New York City. She uh she working at a record label. You need to call her up. You sing, don't you? You should call her up. And I was just like, Okay, like she in New York. All right. <laughs> so how it started. But I did not I thought it was gonna be a cool job. Like I was like, All right, better be beats working in Starbucks, but nothing is wrong with working at Starbucks. But just saying, like, I go to Starbucks, I liked it. But I go I, to Starbucks, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it I mean I was working at my dad's store, like doing cashier yeah. work. Yeah. Then but so I got into it and I didn't I was green. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I deserved. I didn't know what I didn't deserve. I didn't know I, I didn't give hugs to people so I was just like you know I was on some regular Philly girl shit like you know I had my hair in a perm and I was fine with it and I didn't really travel much you know I was going to New York to see some music for the first time I would take the Greyhound bus up Mm. Um, like she was like we can get you a record deal and I was like okay what do I have to do and she Mm. told me what I had to do and I got a record deal and you know, that was the first time I started working out and caring about my body. I wasn't overweight or anything or out of shape because I, like I said, I was an athlete. So that was fine. And I, for the most part, I would tell my, you know, I got a manager. Santi helped me find a manager and 
I just told him straight up, I'm coachable. So let me know what I got to do. Right. Um, The reason now, I was very quiet. Mm. Like, very quiet, just like looking around, like, you know. Um, But the reason now is very experienced. Mm. Very, very experienced um, in a good way. Um, I feel like I've performed in all types of situations, stages, um, because I didn't know what to expect. I never knew what I needed necessarily at the time. Mm-hmm. You know when I be successful, I, or at least I know what I need to be successful when I'm performing. Um, I know what what makes me comfortable. Um, I, mm. you know, I write songs now when before I didn't. I was actually too afraid to, too like inhibited. Mm-hmm. Uh, inhibited now. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, I have a voice, I use it. I probably talk too much now, um, but I'm very outspoken. I'm very honest. I'm very straightforward. Fabulous. Um, Fabulous. I'm like a beast now, you know, but Woo. beast. Mama says she a beast. Rough. You know what I mean? Hmm. I love it. I love it. Where... Okay, so 20 years, right? We keep I keep mentioning this and and I don't want to forget, but the gro- Oh, wait a minute. Time out cuz Gary would be so mad if I didn't ask this. Um, hi Gary. Hope you're watching. <clears throat> Santi, Trouble Andrew and Doc, would you ever work with them again or what's going on there in that whole In Trouble, they're they're, they're, I was about to say they're related. Well, they are kind of related, but they are not really related, but they're a couple. Like, they're together. Oh. Yeah, Trouble, Trouble's like oh. a, he's like a former skate, uh, snowboarder, and like, like, Santi got him into, I think, making music, and now he's like oh. an artist, but then more of a, he's always, I guess, always was a painter or, or visual artist or something, because he actually designed a lot of Gucci stuff like the gucci ghost thing this thing so he's like oh. gucci guy you know but um, gucci so guy <laughs> great i worked with trouble but um you know they're together they're like a couple they have kids they have like twins like they that's just awesome. had a set of twins so um i would love to work with santi again but i don't think that's gonna happen and it's definitely not because of me um oh. i think no, I think just people like, you know, you move on. Like, I think, you know, like I said, when we made How I Do, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it, it was one of them, it was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. Uh, the you blood, know the saying? sweat, the tears. All PG Keen, so I don't yeah. think everybody left on like a good note, you know? Oh. And some people like bonded back together and like started working again, and, and then some of us didn't, you know? And, um, but she ended up, you know, when we left, when we were finished, how I, when we finished, when we were two weeks before finishing how I do, to be brutally honest, we had to kick her out of the studio. We <laughs> kick her out of the studio. And, like, you got to go. And then I went to Toronto to finish that doc by, by myself because it just got out of control. Like, her behavior oh. out of control at that point. And we, like, couldn't get shit done. Yeah. And then, but, you know, but she also, we couldn't have got it done without her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I ain't this her like that. I'm just being honest about oh. what was real. And I, I just was, 
we couldn't have did it with it's like we couldn't have did it with her but we couldn't have done it without her right you know she a very how i do and in my career in the very beginning so we couldn't get it without her however we couldn't get it finished with her either so it it was weird so, and and but then it's not even weird. It's just real. I think she, the more she started working on my project and putting like her everything into it, she realized I want to do it too. Mm. Way, you know, planting the and, seed. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it's one of them things like she just realized she wanted to do it too and wanted to have, wanted to, I guess, get all the benefits from putting this much work in. Cause she put a lot of work in it. In. She put her foot in that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, like sweat, blood, sweat, and tears, or however you said. You know, we mm-hmm. all did, all of us did, and um, you know, he ended up being coming an artist and a great one at that. Writing for all different types of artists too, and you know, she got her own thing. Um, and yeah, Doc, um, I actually did work with him again. However. Um, twice over i did a lot of songs for black girls rock with him and then afterwards we did another album but he you know i there's five million sides to the story i only know my side my side of the story was he said yeah you know our friend our friend um uh what's his name uh fingers the piano player who did a lot of stuff on how i do he um passed away mm. and had a, a memorial service for him and doc asked me to come up and perform because some of these songs were like some of the last songs he's done you know and they were great songs so we did them we did the, the performance it went ridiculously well uh, we raised money for his children um mm. and doc was on stage with me playing the music that he wrote you know it was like the first time we performed together and he was like wow this shit felt great you sounded great I, you know he sounded great and he was just like let's let's make another album I went up to Toronto on my own dime, back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, made that album. Um, and he was supposed to drop it off to the mix engineer to mix it, and he didn't, and hit me with paper. Talking about he wanted $20,000 a song. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, and I'm going to be honest, maybe this is the reason why he will never, like, mm. give me the, or the reason why he won't, like, every time someone puts them up, he gets them taken down. He, uh, I told him when he asked me for 20 grand per song, like when his lawyer sent me that email, I called him up. I was like, motherfucker, you are not Rick Rubin. And he was like, I guess mad because everybody loved Rick Rubin. You know, that was like his biggest, like one of his, but I was like, dude, you're not Rick Rubin, like $20,000 a song. Mm-hmm. Like. You said you wanted to do this album with me. I flew up there on my own dime. And, and guess what? And all I had was dimes because my brother at the time was the airport. So I could fly free. So it was like I was really spending oh. dime to get there. So wh- wh- why do you think I would have $20,000 for each song for you? That's like $200,000. And he wanted me to sign something saying I would agree to that. I was like, nah. what are you doing? Yeah. I was an I had no manager at the time, still don't, like no booking agent, no nothing. And I'm just signed a piece of paper to say I'm giving you $20,000 per track for demos that ain't even fucking finished. I was like, man, you are not Rick Rubin. Stop playing. But I think maybe that is that hurt his feelings. And he just was like, whatever. 
Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't need to, I guess maybe he is the new Rick Rubin because he, you know, he, he did like a big artist, you know, but I'm going to be honest. Like when I heard the story about how he got the inspiration and, and, and the, um, what is it? The style wise on the songs to do the weekend stuff. Mm-hmm. It was from other artists that he worked with. So it's like, come on, dude. You know, mm. so he. Uh, wow. And that was, was going to be the first reset. But yeah, you know, it is the music biz and things happen. And I'm not the first one that something like that has happened to. And this is 2013, the- 2014. Oh, this was like 2006. Oh, this is even earlier than. Oh, OK. Early, early, oh, early, early, early. Oh, okay. I've been working Ooh. on music. Like I was always working on music with people who weren't necessarily trying to release it unless they got a certain amount of money. That was like you know in the world of the music industry, where like producers were getting like like Pharrell was getting like two hundred fifty thousand a track. You know what I'm saying? But Pharrell had hits, like hit hits. You know, and Doc has hits hits now. So now asking for twenty thousand dollars a track is different, but not. Not then. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's crazy. You were mentioning um, Reset and what have you, but something I've been really wanting to talk about uh, is Refried Mac. Oh, yes. That was a great, that's a great EP. I love that EP. I, I actually really like it. You know, sometimes you mm. do music, don't always love it, but I actually like that. Like, I, I love that. I you remember hearing be Little Be very Lock- proud of that work. Oh. What'd you say? No, I say you should be very proud of how how of you putting what you did. You took these iconic pieces, but you totally painted Reese all over. Like if those songs weren't Fleetwood Max, those would be your songs. It just well, sounds like this. You did, at least I get that feeling. Like it just it's so you. You did that. You did that. Well, you know, I had to help. You know, I don't be producing like that. So. I had to, you know, I can't even just, again, take the credit all on my own, but thank you. But, you know, I guess behind every great singer, there's usually a great producer, you know? And for Refried Mac, that great producer was Tom Spiker. Tom Spiker, okay. Tom Spiker, white boy from Philly. (laughs) Philly in the house. Like, you know, he's a great, great guitarist great producer obviously and you know he put his foot in it like you know pots and pans was in it you know Mm. we did it at his studio which was in his house he has a great house um but i've only seen the studio because that's where i'm at and um we he had a a studio that had a garage you know attached to it in the back it's like on the basement level so when you went out the you go in the front door you're in the studio you go out the back door you're into a garage and in that garage like everybody does they have a refrigerator right Mm. He had that John stocked with beers, right? And at the time, I was a beer drinker. It was before I found out I was gluten intolerant. So I was a beer drinker. So I literally would go to um, his studio on 4th and Fairmount. Okay. And I would go for like, I was never there over three hours for each session. He would be like, hey, I uh, think I got something. And I'd be like, he'd be like, over and I'll be like, all right, I can come over in like an hour. He's like, okay, cool. So I would come over, and he'd be like, yeah, well, you go grab a beer, get a beer in the back, go grab a beer, yeah, get 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 me one or whatever. And then I would go grab him a beer, we have a beer, 
and I would pull up my laptop and I would um, online shop. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like, I don't know what is going on with my brain. But while I was doing my vocals for Refry Mag, I had the vocals up on my desktop and then right to right behind it, I had like whatever I was like internet shopping, like clothing shopping. I swear to God, I was like, maybe that's like, I don't know, something. (laughs) What did you shop for, by the way? I was just shopping for clothes, like looking at it's, it's relevant. It's all relevant. It's all relevant. Hey, speaking of clothes, Queen, what's your style like now? Let's talk a little bit about fashion really quickly. I don't mean to just cut you off on the whole refried Mac thing, but what's what? How do you describe your style now? I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I think after after I was signed a couple years later, like when the whole glitz and the glam of like my life kind of like changed i feel like i haven't been able to really wear what i want to wear because i honestly just i it's like i think rich but i'm not actually rich so it's like i'll see like the things that i want to wear versus the things that i wear it's like night and day absolutely so i don't i think my style is right now like right right now i'm actually trying to get rid of like a lot of things in my closet. Mm. So I'm a called Depop, D-E-P-P. Depop. And, and I just have been posting clothes from my closet, like, on there. and Because I just don't want it anymore. Right. Like, I, from, like, so long ago, that's, like, not even, not, it's, like, certain pieces I will keep because I honestly, my size hasn't really changed, like, that much. So it's a lot of stuff I can wear. I, I have clothes from like for over 10 years ago, you know, that I can still wear. So certain things I love, like I have Henry Dorte jeans that I got handmade. Mm. And those are like amazing to me. But and I'll keep those or I have like leather pants that that I wore on tour that I'm like, oh, I'll never get rid of them. But for the most part, I'm trying to get rid of most of my clothes so I can actually start over. Mm. You know, I want to like clean my closet. I'm, I recently moved and... You know, I live with my boyfriend and I realized that like we have a walk-in closet and it's, that would be great if I, if I had a walk-in closet, but if, I don't know, if we had two, (laughs) like I don't have enough room for it and I am just one person. Yeah. Yeah. I love this shit. So go on my Depop page. Got it. I'm trying to get rid of stuff though. And I, I actually price it at price ridiculously low because i just want to get rid of it and and i just want you to also quickly to be um where can we all get the music now because i know you have a link on your website on your instagram that brings you to another website so would that would you say that's the primary source or well i think right now it's like pretty much listen to my music on you know itunes the same stuff that's on uh Spotify, like the stuff that's out there that's old, but like the newer stuff, I'll be honest, I have so much music in my computer that I that are demos that for whatever reason they just were never they never went to the next level. Okay, I am putting together a mixtape of those songs because I they're not serving me any purpose, and I think you guys would like them to be honest. And I'm gonna just like I don't know do some kind of way i'm not gonna sell them but i'm just gonna like i don't know 
sell like make a poster and mm-hmm. autograph a poster and then you can like get the music free or like if you buy a t-shirt or something then i'll give you the music free or if you buy like that th- like the mixtape you know mm-hmm. so i'm make like i have to make it now so i uh speaking of music and you said you had a, a vault of demos or what have you let's get right into it new music for reese what's reese sounding like in 2021 you want to talk about it well yeah i think you know I have I have many albums that just haven't come out. Um, the the one that's gonna come out is I'm gonna I'm just gonna go back to the name of Reset because it's so real and it's so what it is and so who I am. Um, and but the music has changed. Like Reset now is like, well, you know what Reset is because I I sent it to you, Carlos, and you know I don't know I think I I'm, do I have it. Uh, I hate trying to describe my music. Um, oh, we're going to talk about that Indiegogo album, too. I definitely need to address that. Um, mm. We should do that, like, soon. Oh, so yeah, yeah. We can do it right afterwards, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I want to... Um, I want the music that's going to actually come out. Um, we're mixing it now with Vidal um, Davis, who's a great producer, mix engineer in Philly. Um, Steve McKee had like redone the drums on it and got it just to sound like, you know, real 2020. And, um, you know, I'm just basically about to just, um, the music is, is very, it's like, I'm telling on myself, you know, like I'm just, these songs that are coming out are songs that were written with a, a guy named JJ and Jonathan Jennings. God bless Jonathan Jennings. And, you know, he really, really helped me um, just write about what I was going through at the time because I, I never really liked to do that. I don't really like, I felt like it's like, ooh, I'm, I don't know, telling people too much about what's going on or like they're going to judge me or, or, you know, you got to understand when you're writing about yourself and it's a song and somebody doesn't like it and it's like your life, that's like, that don't feel good. Mm-hmm. You be like, yeah, like, right. Really, the songs sound bad. They don't like what I wrote. Like that yeah. actually. So, stayed away from writing songs for that reason because I didn't really want people to really know about me, you know, or what I was really going through. But this music that's coming out that you heard is the first songs that I actually wrote about that have to do with what I was going through at the time. Like, there's a song called Heaven. And that song, Heaven, it's literally, and I'm not, like, my imagination is not that great. So my, my songs are literal. Like, the ones that are about me, they're literal. And, like, I'm saying about, you know, knocking the doors of heaven and let me in. Will you let me in? Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, yo, I'm in this damn music industry. You know, I'm good. Like, I look good still. Like, everybody know what's up. But when y'all gonna let me in? Let me, when you gonna let me really, like, get this? Like, when you really going to give me that opportunity, like, you know, I would be at the door. But all this stuff and that I got finally got to the door and then it's like they won't really let me in, you know, to that next level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know I belong there, but I had all these all these challenges along the way of, of really working with the wrong people. I mean, they may be creatively the right people, but. You got to work. You, you, the one thing I got to tell artists you, that I want to tell artists is you need to work with people who want to actually not just make music, 
but people who actually want to release music and get out there by any means necessary. Not people that say, oh, I'll give, I'll put it out or I'll give you the final, you know, the final okay the approval or the, the, you know, the final session and the final product when, when I get $20,000 a track or when, um, I don't know, like when you get your management right or when, you know, this or that, it's like, no, we do songs. Let's put these motherfuckers out. It, it shouldn't have to do, you know, like there's certain people that you, you can do music with. They'll be fans. They'll never put the music out because you ain't got the right management. And you like, well, goddamn, maybe I'll get the right management. If the motherfucking song come out. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's like that part, everybody. <laughs> now, now with the um, with the Indiegogo. Oh yes. Because I did an Indiegogo. Big, 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 big shout out to Davida Pitts. Davida Pitts is like was my right hand woman. Who? Okay. I mean, I wish we could still work together today because she's the truth. Um, you know, she's really great at what she does, and she goes overboard with it mm-hmm. with great and also shout out to dr post a lot because he is on here now on this chat and he also helped a lot with getting um the word out on the on the um indiegogo okay and other things that i that i do and you know to be honest like you know we raised money we raised thirty eight thousand dollars to vita put down a amazing campaign Super organized, super there, and pretty much that's with that, and you know, with people, you know, wanting to support my music. She really, you know, came up with a campaign that was like ridiculous, and it got us to thirty eight thousand dollars. Prior to me doing the Indiegogo campaign, I was signed to Talib Kweli, and I was signed to Javodi Media, and I thought that was going to be a good situation, and. We didn't have. We weren't on the same page after a while, and the the relationship ended with us. The work relationship, and um, I was without a label, and I was like, you know, I need to put music out. Or actually, when I was still working with him, we didn't have enough money to like. He didn't allot me enough money to like really promote it, you know. And I so he, I was trying to get, I said, why don't we do an Indiegogo to make some more money? And he was like, nah, we don't need to do that. Like that, that looks bad. That will make you look bad being signed and asking people for money, like begging people for money. And I was just like, that's kind of fucked up because I'm signed to you, but you don't, you, but you don't, you're not allotting me the money to promote it properly. To do what I have to do. Yeah. Damn. Things went on, you know, and maybe because he had other artists to promote, I, you know, or himself. I don't know. So the thing is, is that ended, I ended up um, being independent and I said, you know what? I want to do that Indiegogo because I want to raise money, put my own music out. Yeah. With the bomb plan, super organized. It went without a hitch. We got the money. Good. Right before the Indiegogo was going to wrap, Talib hit me with a letter saying that he was going to, um, go to Indiegogo and tell them that was his money. <laughs> and, he, and that he was going to get them to take the money, give give him the money. And maybe he tried, and they were like, mm. niggas, you crazy. And 
it was just like, you can't take someone's fundraising money. Like, you just can't do it. So then he was like, well, I'm going to sue you. And he ended up suing me for not turning in an album with a, that was that he ended up suing me for not turning in an album. But the album was a part of a contract that we both terminated. Okay. Which means, how are you suing me for not turning in an album, but the contract is terminated? It's done, yeah. So it was just one of those, I think, offensive moves, you know, to be like, okay, you shouldn't have did an Indiegogo, and if you are doing an Indiegogo and getting money, you need to give me some of it. Right. Now, this man kind of acts like, he did, like, did he just gave me things. Like, when he really didn't, like, I put the dress on, I put the makeup on, I put the hair on. I got up on stage and I actually said, when I went on tours, you know, I I did that work. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I wasn't, like, sitting at home watching TV with my feet kicked up just catching checks. Right, waiting for stuff to happen. Right, right. The work that you were, like, paying for, like... And you didn't even pay for a lot of the, the the work. It was like you know I did it for for like promotion for myself. You know sometimes you get you promote your you need um, promotion and sometimes you need money. Sometimes you need both. And sometimes you you know. So that was just like a weird situation. So I did the Indiegogo, and then I got threatened to get sued, and then the threat came real. I actually got a, a I got served with paperwork right before I went on stage for a show in L.A. No. No. The shade of it all. Like, he, you know, he made, honestly, to get that kind of paperwork. They going in on the comments, by the way. (laughs) Almost, I actually felt like, damn, I must be, I must be a big motherfucking deal. He's going to really come to my, have someone come to my show to serve me with paperwork in the green, with paperwork in the green room? I was like, well, shit, I must be, I, I took it as, a, I mean, not, it wasn't a compliment, but I kind of took it like, oh, I guess I'm the shit. Yes, right before the show, like right before I went on Damn. stage. Wow. Was, what a mind guy, fuck, right? Right before you go on stage. Honestly, I went right on stage and performed. Okay, like, good. This is what I do, like, I, paperwork and no paperwork, like, yeah, whatever. You know, and um, he sued me and he sued me for $60,000. And it was like, yo, you should have turned in an album that, you know, you were contracted to do, even though the contract was was terminated. I have termination paperwork. Hence why we probably never went past or or got to go into depositions because you're supposed to go to depositions and then discovery. And then you, you show all your like proof of why, you know. But we never went. So, you know, I'm just sitting like kind of in limbo. Damn it, man. And, um, but, you know, things happen for a reason. Yeah. I All I can say is that I'm glad I got away from him when I did. Because imagine if that didn't happen and I still was signed to him. Or if I, you know, if things didn't, you know, we didn't have a falling out. And, you know. I would I would be associated with and still very closely associated associated with Talib Kweli and like we all know he's like 
not the nicest guy right now. You know, and well, I don't know what you know. Everybody changes, like I said, and sure. And I'm not mad. You know, it's it's unfortunately industry. That's like sometimes what it does to people, and you know, like you live and you learn. You live and you learn, and I'm still great. And I'm still who I am. And I, and I, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't my career. He didn't make me. He can't break me. Like, you know, I'm talk still making. Talk, yes. I was here. Him. That I met him when oh, I was already signed to a major label deal. Like, I, you know what I mean? I, he, he ain't make me, so he can't break me. So That's how did Idol Worship, Idol Worship, that thing? How did that, so that was after you got signed? Oh, well, yeah, that was, I think that was like after I, no, that was, yeah, that, no, that was before I signed with him. Before you, okay, 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 that whole era and. Or like, okay, we're going to do Idol Worship and then I'm going to put out my solo stuff and then he can you know, put out a little stuff and then we'll put out an album together again, you know? Right. But that group was fun for what it was. You yeah. know, we traveled. I, you know, the music was great. It was cool. And, you know, I got my chops up for performing, like, you know, with Talib. So it, it did have some benefits, you know, because he toured a lot and I was able to tour with him. Right. But it was the kind of like, eh, now that I look back on it because of how he is now, you know, but, um, you know, I wish him luck. You know what I'm saying? I hope he's sure. happy. That's sure. really what it is. You know, we were friends. Um, platonic friends, you know. Um, I don't know if we could be ever again, because I think he's pretty hurt. I don't know why yet, but... Yeah. Something, because when people when people try to, like, ruin your career and try to, like, sue you, so thinking that you don't have money, so, like, you can't hold your own, and they try to sue and sue and sue and sue you... You know, he definitely, you know, took me off my game a little bit because the money that I was going to use for um, to release the music, I couldn't release the music because it was hooked up in a in a lawsuit. So I just was like, okay, <laughs> people were actually coming to me, like telling me that they didn't want to work with me because of this whole lawsuit thing. And they were telling me that I needed to get a piece of paper to show that like, he wasn't suing me or that we weren't working together anymore. Like things of that, like the shit started getting flipped and it was just like, wow. So, you know, the money got spent other places and, you know, and I had to actually go back and make another album. Like I had to get my senses together, get my mind right. And then go figure out how am I going to make a whole nother album? And I have no money now. Right. Right. So that's why it took so long. Yeah. However, I still am going to come out with that album. I'm calling it Reset. It's coming out. Woo! Have everybody's information from the Indiegogo. If you are somebody from that Indiegogo and you think your information has changed, hit me up at I love Reese Music at gmail.com and get at me so I can make sure that you get what you're gonna get. Because Ooh. I have um I you know, I did the fulfillment of the t-shirts. I did the fulfillment of, you know, songs that I was supposed to cover. I still have a couple more to do though, but I, I did most of them. And then I have um there was other things that I need to do, like make phone calls to people and you know, stuff like that, give shout outs. Yeah. And I 
know, but the album, people still, the people who were on my Indiegogo, they're going to get the album first. Okay. I'm still, still in my brain. They are still on my shoulder. They are still mm. like, you know, like, okay, I need to satisfy those people first. Right. Because money for the shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm trying to live my life and, and not go under and try to figure the shit out. But I did. It figured out. I think it's a great segue too to kind of go back to the the new music and and I won't say too much because um as you mentioned I have been so fortunate for first of all for anyone who's watching right now this interview will be on my podcast show Los's Lounge podcast um, and you can check that out on Anchor FM uh, Spotify iHeartRadio Pandora Stitcher Bullhorn FM etc etc and please go support Reese's music. Um, we're talking yes. about the music and the new album. If I must say, I'm, a, I'm, I'm without saying too much. It's like, it's like how I do had a baby. Okay. And the baby just said, "Mommy, I'm better than you," and walked <laughs> away. Yes, he did. It's like it's like you're gonna hear Reese in ways that even it it really threw me for a loop like i hit her up and i said look i have my notes and we're gonna go through the song by song and i was just blown away i was blown away and i'm not gonna say too much but is there a song or two you want to talk about um or mention on the new album um first of all i want to say what a good um description (laughs) Sorry, it I'm very like, dramatic. It, how I, it was, it's like how I do had a baby and was like, Mommy, I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm or Mommy, you know, I'm just as good. Yeah, it's a classic, Mama. It's a classic. I'm going to definitely use that like that. I'm using that <laughs> statement, FYI. It's yours, take but it. But I think, well, the first song we talked about was Heaven. Right. You know, um, that's like a soul record. It's like straight up soul Yes, music, it is. You know? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it was great. And there's another song called, um, uh, I don't know. Which one do you want to talk about? I don't know. I, okay. I don't know. Which I, I know which one I want to talk about. Which one? Two of them. Burning, Des- Burning Desire? No. Oh, I no, but we can get to that if, if, if with permission. Um, yeah. Penny Lane. Oh, okay. Penny Lane. Yes. That's a good record. That song is a, uh, it's an ode to my groupie girls. Penny, it's beautiful. It's like, it's the song to the groupies. To oh, the thanks. groupie girls. And sometimes groupie girls help you. Groupie girl number one over here. Like, sometimes, you know, like, I'm not mad at groupie girls because there's been many times that, like, I didn't have accessories or my luggage got, like, mm. caught up at the airport. And we were on tour with Tyler Quali. And yes, them groupies that Quali had. Them Jones came with suitcases, and they'd be like, girl, what size you wear? I got you. Oh, I'll let you borrow some stuff. And it was like, thank you. Actually, thank you, because I just got off an airplane. I have sweats on, and I actually have to go on stage, and I can, I, they don't have my luggage. So shout out to the groupie girls that actually hold down the artists on stage. And all. <laughs> and the other ladies. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. I think that's a great song, because here's the thing. So, um... 
and I, I know I mentioned this jokingly earlier, but it always seems like music will always hit you when you really need it. But the funny thing is, is that when I was 19, again, I wasn't out yet. I was still trying to find myself. I was in college, you know, everything 19. And then how I do affected me. Now that I'm 38 and I'm doing great and I feel good. Um, just recently had my heart broken. That's okay. Don't cry for me, Argentina. It's all good. It's not my loss. Um, but I feel like this album and a lot of the songs were speaking to me. For example, um, I mentioned Penny Lane, but then there's Bridges. I cannot wait to all of your fans here's Bridges. They're going to be like, who's that? Can I tell you? Who's that girl singing? I'm going to be too honest right now, but Bridges, remember what I said about Tsunami? Yeah. You didn't? Tsunami was my, is, Bridges is the, is the new Tsunami of the album. <laughs> I was like, I'm walking away. The, I'm done with you. I'm done. That was, come back. <laughs> that, that was the last song that I recorded. And I was, okay, for that album. I was not in the best place. Remember, I told you I was we being sued that. like a yeah. mug. Okay. I was being sued. I was living in LA. Yeah. I was like, you know, doing what I was doing. And I had actually started like working in the marijuana industry with growing and stuff. So I was kind of like not doing music prior. And I realized I was like, I have to do a whole nother album. Like I have to, like, I can't, what am I going to do? Like, this dude has sued me. I have to get lawyers. I'm getting lawyers. I'm in the mix of that. Yeah. Being sued was overwhelming. It's, I don't know what. At that point, I didn't understand to only make that a part of my life. You know, it was like consuming me. And I was worried. I didn't have any music that I could use to even make more money to, like, put something out. Because I had the Indiegogo people on my back. Like, they, they were great. And they have always been great. But I just had that that like oh my god I owe somebody something I owe these people this music and I was like you know what I I some oh I had wrote, wrote a song a few months before with this guy named JJ mm-hmm. I called him up and I was like JJ I need to make a new album and he was like you got a budget I was like nope my budget gone <laughs> he, was like, he was like well can you get to New York? Can you get to Jersey? And I was like, I think so. But if I left, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to work and pay my rent, you know, but I'll do it. He was like, come to my house. We will do it. So I flew to New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, stayed at this man's house, planned to stay there for one month. One month was over. We didn't have all the songs done. And Mm. I was like, I'm not going back until I have the album done. Stayed another month. Mm. And... After like a month and a half, there was one more song left to record, and it was Bridges. And I was not really feeling it. I was like, man, it's in a whole nother register singing for me, like way higher. And I just wasn't there. I was just, just wasn't used to it. I liked what the song was saying. You know, I liked the words, but the style of the song was so different. It was like kind of like pop music, like typical pop, like Kelly Clarkson, like taylor swift pop and i can sing it 
but I just wasn't known for that. So I wasn't sure. And JJ was like, just try to sing this song. And I kept pushing that John off, off, off. And it was like, okay, I'm at this person's house, like living in their, in their, not in their room, but in the second room that they had, they had like three bedrooms and they had one roommate. So they had an extra bedroom. And I'm like, I'm up here, like living at this man's house who I knew him, but I know him like for years. You know what I mean? I was like going there to write songs. And, and I was just like, I can't just like live here. Like I can't just sit here for like two more weeks. Like I'm just here. Like I'm here for a reason. So I finally was like, all right, I'm going to learn this damn song. So I sat in that room and just kept playing it on my headphones and like learning the song. And then I went to sing it. And after I recorded it, he was like, he took his headphones off. He was like, if I had known you was going <laughs> to sing that song like that, are you crazy? What? Like, what? Like, you, you know, he gave me one of those reactions. And I was just like, yeah, because I did not want to keep singing this I'm song over Because I was like, it's you. hard. It's hard to sing. It's hard. It was really high. And I wasn't used to singing that high, although I can. And it was just like. I just, when it's something that I don't want to do, it's, I usually nail it because I don't want to keep doing it. So I'd be like, here go nothing. And I put like everything into it. And I did. And he was like, oh man. And you know what? That's the song that every, everyone who hears the album, that's the song that I'm most nervous for people to hear. And that is always the song that people talk about. That's, that's your, that's your first single right there, sis. Oh my God! Don't even say it. If JJ is watching this. He's gonna be like, "I told you! I told you! I That's told your you. first single." And to all your fans listening, I mean, watching this now, oh I'm God. saying this because when when I heard it, the first thing I thought, and I I I don't want to. I'm not trying to. Jay Z once said, "Don't compare me to nobody." So I'm not trying to <laughs> compare you. Know, I but it, I all I heard me. was I heard Pink, and then I heard Kelly Clarkson. But when I heard you singing in those keys, I was like, who the hell is this? That's yeah. and you and you did it so beautifully and so effortlessly. And it was so great to see your versatility and to see you put because I know that's not what you sound like. I know I've been with you since 01. I know what my girl sound like. That that was good for you. And I love that about you. And if not for a single, a, a B-side to something, but that's okay. your I told you on this song, on this album, you have a song called Burning, Burning Dance? Burning Desire. Burning Desire. Oh, why did I write Burning Dance? Sorry. Um, Burning Desire. And I've been telling it, this is your, um, it's your gay pride anthem hit for all my LGBTQ in the name of Aunt Wendy, how you doing? Um, This is your gay pride anthem. But this album is so consistent from... It's just, it's like how I do version 2.0. Like, such, and you did it justice. You did it justice. Someone else, um, someone on the chat was scrolling early on the first one, part one, and they oh. were saying, is, can you beat how I do? Like, okay. can you beat it? You know? And I'm like, yeah. I don't think it's Absolutely. about beating it, Queen. I think it's, I, but I see what they're saying. Like, yeah, can you come, like, can you do something as good as that? I'm like, yeah. yeah. That's what I. That's what I take from when people say things like that. Like, can you beat making that album? And it's like, yeah, I can. Well, and and yes, you did. 
and and okay. and you've got the receipts and I'm I'm blessed to have the receipts. I'm telling you you guys you it's so worth it. And when you hear it, you're going to think about this conversation and you're going to be like, "Okay. He was right. They were right. They were right. They were right. They were right. What 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 are we thinking about for a release? When, time frame and and what do we want to do with this? Talk well, about it. Well, I I need to number one before I like say, "Oh, this album's coming out and this is the date." I have to give it to the Indiegogo people first. And I want to, and right now I'm mixing it. So as soon as it's done, like mastering, first you mix something and then you master it. I'm so like, I feel like inexperienced with mixing yeah. that I'm so like second guessing myself and second guessing everything. Sure. And so I haven't mastered it yet. And I'm still like talking to the mix engineer about stuff. And, and I just like to take a long time because I want to sit and listen to it and like wait and then like just not listen to it for a while and then listen right. to it and see what I sound like, you know? And so, but I'm going to tie it up and then we're going to master it. And then I'm going to just give it to the Indiegogo people first. Cause like mm. they is their album for real, for real. Okay. And then I'm going to press some of them, press them up because I have to press up vinyl cause people bought vinyl and I have like a small company in Philly that I'm planning on going to. Okay. And so, you know, as soon as That's I get it awesome. done, I'm going to give it out. You know, and then yeah. a month after that, I'm going to have a release date and then I'll start saying, hey, hey like everybody try to like get this album and stuff like that. I know. A lot but it's of- about the Indiegogo people first. So, if, again, if you were listening to this and you gave some money, bought some perks, did anything for Indiegogo, mm. hit me up on that email. I love Reese Music dot com or at G- Ugh, I love Reese Music at Gmail. Reach out to me. Let me know your name and like the address that you did have and the name that you did give me and all that kind of stuff because I had the list from the original time and I haven't forgotten. That's so. awesome. I just want to say one thing. Um, we're probably going to get cut off again from because they gave you an hour limit. So if you have time and if you're down, I'd love to do a part three because I still wanted to you to talk about, if, if it's okay with you, your plans for the 20th anniversary for how I do. Okay. And then um, at Los's Lounge, we like to play two different games that I think you'll really, really enjoy. Um, okay. But I Let's know it's going to happen soon. So this is my plan to everybody who's watching. I see a lot of people in here right now. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to go back on live. Come back and join us. We'll be right yes. back in a matter of seconds. I'm with it. All right. Cool.
Everybody, welcome back to Los's Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, yes. Carlos Reyes, otherwise known as Los. All right, so Reese, Los is like this last part of my of my name, right? Obviously, like that. But for me, Los um means uh uh, uh I don't know what Los means. Uh, love. Oh my god. What um, does it mean? What does your name mean, brother? Who am I? Who am I? Uh love of self. Love of self. Or, or these days, laughter over sadness. Um, we'll I'm talk about you. we'll talk about that af- off camera. Um, so, anyways, welcome back to the show. And again, we are with musical artist Reese, who is celebrating, or we're coming up twenty years. Twenty years, I know it's been a minute, and I know, I know, I ain't aged since last Wednesday. I know it. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm honest about it. People. The only reason why I'm like that forward about it is because. People tell me that all the time, you're, you know, so I appreciate it. Queen and looks good and, and you're moisturizing really good, huh? I have to. And my mom, you know, it's my, it comes from my parents. My mom and my dad, they both, you know, my dad, God rest his soul, he's not here with us, but they, I mean, he looked young too, you know? Mm. So it's all good. Black, black don't crack. Sometimes it, it withers, but... And it, it barely cracks. But the, the thing is, is we do have a 20th anniversary. Yes, that part. I'm like super excited about it. But I, it's bittersweet. Oh. It's bittersweet because, you know, I'm going to be honest. I thought that um, things would have went a little bit different. Mm. Um, I didn't have like huge expectations when I went into it. But I definitely thought that I would be in a different place right now. Um, and... But I know for a fact that not I haven't had anyone that has heard my album say that it was horrible or bad. Like, people like it. You know, it's either you don't know who I am, like you have no idea who I am, and you don't know why that person over there is, like, freaking out. Right. Because you're like, why are they freaking out? Who right. is this person? Or you are absolute stan. And I appreciate all the people that do know me because they love my music. That's why I made it. Glad y'all liked it. We worked hard on it. It cost a lot of money to make. Took a lot of time. Took a lot of energy. A lot of relationships lost. Some gained. Traveled the world. And mm. I'm here to keep singing it. So, you know, me and my partner, Steve McKee, yeah. we do online performances um, on my Twitch sometimes. I DJ on my uh, Facebook Live. I've been doing Facebook Live lately because I realize a lot of my fans are of a certain age and we are on Facebook. And um, so I'm on Facebook Live or Facebook.com slash The One Reese. Um, but yeah, this it's been 20 years and 
It's crazy. I'm surprised. Yeah. Like I, I'm just really surprised myself, and I'm happy. And I was very elated when the when Universal Music Group. Those are the people that originally signed me, and they um, own the album still, and they're not giving that joint up. And um, because that's what I signed to, you know, they paid for it, so they own it. And um, they wanted to do a 20th anniversary re-release, and they want to do it digitally. And I was like, digitally? Like, I mean, I guess, but so I got, I'm still talking to them currently, but I'm really, 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 really pushing to get the license so I can press up vinyl myself. So, um, you know, put the prayers out there. Um, and so I'm praying that they just, you know, they don't charge me a whole bunch of money to press it up. And wow. um, that's wow. what I want to do. You, but if we don't get it pressed up and it just comes out, then that's what it'll be. and It'll still be great. And I'm going to try to add as much new music to it as I can, like remixes and stuff. So, um, you know, definitely look out for it. It's June. We're, we actually will have to put it out June 25th, 2021, because June 26th, which is the exact date, is actually on a Saturday. Mm, okay. Which I, who cares, you know? But, you know, they're a corporation. They care. Right. So we're going to do it a day before. Do, do you think that if we weren't in this crazy COVID pandemic world that you'd be out on that road promoting the 20-year anniversary? Would there have been a tour? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, they would not have given me any support to do that, but I would have done it myself. For sure. And like, see, that, you know, that's, that's crazy for me, the, the common fans to, like, hear that because... That album's a classic, and if that's theirs, why wouldn't you want to... Well, you know, you gotta understand, like, it's a classic to us, but to them, the people who... There were a lot of people in the building that really liked that music. So they wanted to work it, and they were working it. However, those people don't work there anymore. Ah. So, you have different people, and you gotta understand, I'm in the archival department, that i'm in the archival department let me get my battery charger popping and so <laughs> I might you know those are like a certain demographic of people that just aren't us yeah you know and i can't make them us <laughs> no matter I how i try but they definitely care about re-releasing it because it's what's on their desk to work on however they weren't necessarily there when the music was made and they weren't working it so they don't really know I'm not sure how much of the culture they really understand that I'm a part of and created, you know? So I can't be mad at that. It's just what it is. So I'm trying my best to educate them and to let them know that I matter and to let them know that the music matters and, and for me to, you know, be able to um, promote it is very important. And it's important to me, you know, simply to have the opportunity to press up vinyl and to, you know, to make it a big deal for us because it was a big deal, you know? And I mean, when I think about the level of creativity that even the label at the time put into it, I mean, I had Ellen Von Unworth taking the photos for the cover art of the album. You know, we had Lisa Cooper uh, styling, you know, you you guys should definitely Google these names because Ellen Von Unworth is an amazing photographer. She has like Tashan books, table books like this thick, you know, with just Naomi Campbell. You know, like right. this woman takes amazing photos. Like, you know, she's she's she does iconic images and she doesn't take 
she doesn't need the Annie Lebowitz budget. budget. You know, but she takes iconic pictures, you know, she uses all different types of camera. And so, you know, she took those photos and I actually was fortunate enough to get a copy of every photo in the shoot. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking to incorporate that into the new, um, you know, the new images for, you know, the 20th anniversary, if I can. So I'm discussing all of those great, cool options because that's what I care about, you know? Yeah. I feel like when you're really connected to the music, you care about that kind of stuff too, like the backstory, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we shot it in, in um, Chinatown in New York just simply because we wanted to shoot, uh, they wanted to shoot me in a place where I stood out, you know? I, you know, and I guess, you know, at the end of the day, do I really stand out in an urban setting? No. Am I even really from an urban set, urban setting? No. So, you know, but we did go to Chinatown, New York, which is, you know, I guess it's urban. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's different, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, wow. yeah, it was fun. And that's what we did. And yes, yeah, 20 years anniversary no. and it's coming out June 25th. And I'm trying wow. to do my best to enhance this. So it's not just the same songs, you know what I mean? And a couple of remixes, but I'm, I'm really trying to go hard. So. Um, as soon as I get those details, you know, I'll let you guys know. Please, and thank you, and thank you. I'm curious to see what your fans on here, what their favorite tracks are on uh, on How I Do, or, or just in general in your catalog. Um, do you ever think about doing a live album? Uh, I have thought about it, but I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. I have thought about it. I think if I, if I do a live album... You know, it's for me, I would want to handpick every single person on stage with me, you know, playing and um, I would want it rehearsed. And, you know, and the way I do the way I would want to do it, you know, honestly, it it would either take it would either be a labor of love or it would cost a shit ton of money. Right. You know, and because the people I want to use are like very, very great at what they do. And they're they're also very popular and busy and you know yeah one of the one of the first records if i'm not mistaken that you heard um of yourself on the radio and i forgot to mention this earlier was um i think you said 700 mile situation am i correct with that well 700 miles was the song that it wasn't the first song that i heard on the radio but it was in a sense the first song that i actually heard that when i listened to it the one, this one time, I li- I heard it as if it wasn't my song, mm. which is like, it's just like, you know, when you see your work, say you do something and it's like when you, you're making food, right? Mm-hmm. And you make dinner mm-hmm. and when you make dinner for somebody you care about and you taste it and you taste everything that you did to make it. Yeah, And you're not quite sure if it's really good because you're thinking about how hard it was to make or how mm-hmm. nervous you were making it. That yeah. almost takes over. And that's how it was. That's how it is when I listen to my music. But there was one time. One time. I don't know. How long is that song? Like five minutes long? Four yeah. and a half minutes long? Because then you have that outro, that groovy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that amount of time, one time in my entire life, did I hear that song. And that was the only song that I've ever done mm-hmm. that I heard like that, like it was somebody else's song. And I fucking loved it. 
Like, I fucking loved it. I was like, listening yeah. to it like. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God, oh, yes. this song. And it was going and playing and playing. And I was like, yo. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it. And I never thought it was my song. It was weird. I was just listening to it oh. and blown away by this song. Cause it was almost, it's almost like when I, when I was listening to it, it was like, and I don't know if, if y'all, when y'all listen to it, is this what you guys feel? But when I listened to it that one time, I was like, it felt like when the bass and stuff was coming in and playing, it almost felt like it was hitting vibrations on me. Like, like it was like, I felt it. Like I felt it. I, it wasn't just like I was listening to it and it was like I was feeling it and I was like into it and I, it was like I didn't know what was going to happen next and I was just like, yo. I mean, I can't believe it. And then it was over and I was just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I've never heard my song like that before. And it wow. was great. It was the best day of my life. One of the best days. Mm. I was driving in a Alfa Romeo. I was in the oh. car. This actor dude was driving me. Oh, and yeah, like we were just, he was like, oh, you want to go for a ride and a drive up the PCH? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And he popped my shit in. I was like, what? I can't believe it. And I just couldn't believe, I believe that he wanted to play the songs or whatever, but I just couldn't believe that I heard it like that for the first time. And I don't, I don't even know if he even knows it. Like that was the only time like ever in my life. And I don't think I'll ever hear any of my songs like that ever again. Yeah. And it was mind-blowing. I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, wow. We had top down. It was like a 1960-something Alfa Romeo, orange and white, orange leather on the inside. Like, it was just all, like, prime mint condition, you know? And um, driving up and down to PCH, top down, nice sunny day. That's kind of what How I Do is, though. How I Do, that album, is a vibe. Like, for me, I don't know if you can hear the music playing. I actually have it, but I have it low because I want to capture your voice. I have 700 Mile Situation playing in the background. But for me, that album, and still till this day, like, that's the type of album that you can go to the barbershop, come out the barbershop fresh to death, and you put that on, and you lower the windows on a nice sunny day. And it's just a whole, it's a vibe. So when you talk about... 700 mile situation a song like that that bass line alone is it's, yeah, it's a crazy. vibe i feel like that song encompasses everything that you really give us in a sense on how i do in my thank opinion you. um i, I appreciate yeah. it oh well, no, thank you um i i just before i keep forgetting it because i i, I know that you know we talked about the new reset that's going to be coming out um i can't continue to I can't stop throwing enough roses at you. I'm sorry. I'm just multitasking here, making sure everything's working. Um, the new album, and when it does come out, what's that going to feel like for Reese? Honestly, sometimes, I and I, I hate to say it because, like, I don't know. I just hate to say it, but sometimes I feel like I'll be able to be done. Like, I'll, you know, like, all right, it'll be, like, done. Like, what... You know, not like, oh, I'll never make music again. But, like, yeah. i just been through so much to try to get this record out because of all these, like, jokers or just all these, like, Mickey Mouse goofy people. Like, people that just don't want to <laughs> let, a, let a sister live, you know okay. what I mean? Or, like, 
yeah like it makes me feel like okay like I can finally like move on I can like move forward to like another I'm not like another chapter in my life or like I'm not gonna sing anymore but because I will always probably do it but it's like I just feel like I finally got it done you yeah. know because I feel like I owe people and I do I feel like I owe people you know music and I owe them another record because that first one was so damn good and I actually did the music and I did the work and I actually have it. It's like, all right, can the universe come together so we can get this shit out? You know, so I'm kind of just at that point. But um, and I'm really ready to just like give away, like give out this music. Like, you know, like when people, you know, get merged, it's like, yeah, ask me for some music because you probably get it. You know, like we'll figure out what it needs to be or what the cost or whatever. But it's like. I'm just ready to like release all this music that I've been doing for the last long time so I can actually like start again and do something else, do some new music, you know? Um, I really like working with my partner, Steve McKee. And like, I just, but I really feel like I got to get this old stuff out first before I really go hard, you know? Like we have like a group together called McKee and Reese and we, we, you know, I decided to go with something like that and I like suggested to him, like, can we do this together? Because, you know, I want a partner. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. want somebody that's gonna really like care about it as much as I care about it, and 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 you know, be even more diligent than I am, you know, and be more consistent than I have ever have been. And I just want to work with people now that just will do music and will want to get it out by by any means necessary, and because they need to get it out because they they don't have anything else going on. Like they need to get this music out because this is what they do. This is all they care about. This is their God-given talent. This is, like, what they want to do. You know, I, I just... And and for me, Steve is that. Like, you know, like, he really... You know, this is... It's all... You know, all our eggs are in this basket. Let's go. Like, it, they should be because we're that good, you know? And it's different working with someone that, you know, with people who are just here, there, and everywhere or feel like, oh, I can work with this person, that, you know? It's like something to be said about like hunkering down, having a connection with someone. Um, I, I think also the pandemic had a lot to do with it too. Like, you know, because um, you just realize like when the pandemic hit and we were in that position where it was like, all right, who are you bunking up with? You know what I mean? It was like, wow. It's like you look to your left, you look to your right and you're like, damn, whoever I'm around now is probably who I'm gonna be around you know Mm -hmm. and i look to my left and i have this like incredible producer musician drummer person just great person you know to my left and it's like why what else would i do and why else would i do it and you know what i mean i'm already with this person and you know and i also the second thought i i think i i thought was um thank god I didn't just, you know, stay in college and just, like, do a regular job and, like, ignore the fact that I actually just like to sing. Because, like, when that mm-hmm. pandemic hit, it's like, what you really doing and what you really doing it for? Who are you wow. really working for? And why are you really working for them? Wow. Like, I want to work for myself. And I always did work for myself. But I never really, like, appreciated as much as I do now. Right. You know, I appreciate it so much more now because it's like, yeah, like if if the shit go to shit tomorrow, I'm glad that for the last 10 years I've been 
trudging along so I can still do this today. Because now you can't go out to your fucking job. Even if you wanted to. Even if it just was that good-ass distraction. You can't go to it. And that can't be just all you live for, you know? And I'm just, like, glad I made that decision early on to just be like, no, I'm a singer. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not going to have no 9-to-5 job. And it ain't nothing wrong with a 9-to-5 job. Because, shoot, as many a times I was sitting at my house wishing I had one, okay? Because, you know, wanting to pay my bills a certain way or wanting to live a certain way or just wanting to travel, you know what I'm saying, and live life. Fact. And wanting to pay for things and wanting to pay people for things, you know? But I'm also glad that I had those years of having to, like, figure the shit out and, and rely on my creativity and keep relying on what I what my legacy is and 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 caring about a legacy and trying to, you know... Because it's like, yeah, what you going to do now? You know? It's like a lot of people, I think, now are saying, you know what? I'm going to travel because I never got to travel. Well, now I'm more in the zone of I want to be settled because I lived my life and I did what the fuck I wanted to do, how I wanted right. to do it. Right, So now I'm like, all right, let me settle down. Let me lock in with this one person and let me get, you know, let me get better at, at my craft because... There's an audience out there that wants me to get better at my craft. You know, y'all are out there. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I started. We are. DJing. We're here. I'm practicing more on the DJ and stuff. I'll probably practice tonight. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna do my own mixtape. Like I'm gonna do it. Like, you know, like shout out to Nina Sky. Um, Ooh. Nicole from from Nina Sky. She uh. She did a mixtape for me years ago. She took all my demos, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And she did, and she like blended and mixed it and made some dope jaw for me. And oh wow! Now, uh, yeah, it's called a box of chocolates. And honestly, I don't even know where the hell you can find it at. I'm actually trying to go on my old computers and find it because there's somebody out there that reached out to me on DM, and they're like, "Yo, I I don't I lost it in my computer. Can you send it again? Like I'll pay you. You know, like you should sell it to me." And so I got to find that for her. Shout out to, I think her name is Kate. So shout out to her. Shout out to Kate. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And um, no, her name is Dorothy. Oh, way off. Yeah, way off. No, I'm thinking of this other girl, Kate. She wants the vinyl, but it's Dorothy. Okay, shout, shout out, out to Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm just like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Another fan was like, yo, you need to take this plot, this this image of you and make a poster and make a mixtape and I'm like you know what good idea so I'm gonna I'm do that and I'm gonna start on my mixtape tonight like I'm gonna start making that's it that's awesome like, I'm gonna do it on my you know so bear with me y'all it might not be the best mixtape ever but it's gonna be the best <laughs> mixtape ever cause you know it's gonna have songs that you've never heard before songs that you love songs that you're gonna love that's and awesome. I'm gonna be blending them wiki wiki so that's exciting I'm excited I'm that's really excited exciting. I don't know what I'm gonna call it I don't know what to call it though.
take your breath Cause there ain't nobody in prayer You're no different You say that you have changed But you're only rearranged Where you lay the blame, blame Um, I want to end this with um, two quick, quick games, and then, and then, um, and then before I end it up, uh, thank you so much for everything and for doing this. Before I forget to say, uh, oh yeah, no problem. It is, thank it you. is. An, oh my God, it's a privilege. All right, so two games we play, um, and I'm sure you've probably heard one of them. First one is going to be one has to go. I'll name three items. It could be any object. It could be a person, and you have to pick which one goes. Okay. All right. Here we go. First one. Chocolate. Pizza. Chinese food. You know, I can live without chocolate. Really? Wow. Yeah, a bitch is gluten intolerant though. But I, <laughs> I, I, ate, I ate pizza like, yes, like twice. <laughs> And you know what? It was so good because I don't eat it often, like at mm. all. Like I barely eat. I really don't eat pizza anymore, but I just needed like regular pizza. And that jaw was so cracking. Yeah. And and the girl, one of them was homemade. Like my homegirl that just like makes food on Instagram for her mom. I was like, yo, what's up? Like You got me on something? And she was like, actually, I'm delivering pizzas. And she made me this pizza and I ate the whole thing. Mm. I ate the whole thing. But you know what? I looked like I was about to have twins. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. I swear I did from the gluten. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. I can't do it no more. So now I'm back on my gluten. Not eating gluten. But yeah. All right. Next one. 80s, 90s, 2000s. I give. Ooh, I want to say 2000s, but I'm a part of 2000s, so how Word. about, um, I'll get rid of 90s. 90s, okay. <clears throat> Biggie, 
Nas, Tupac. Tupac. Oh shit! You didn't even think about that. Because I'm I'm a Biggie fan and I'm a Nas fan. Tupac, I, I, you know why I like Tupac though? Because I um I met his aunt, Asada Shakur. Okay. Wow. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. I went to Cuba and I got to meet her when I was in Cuba. Wow. Well got traveled. Got to like, hang out with her. She drove me around in her car. Wow. Yeah, I got a story, man. I got stories for that. That's that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother episode. All right, yeah, and the then book. let's play quickly before we end one word association. So I'll say one word, and you give me one word that the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. All right, first word. Melody. I honestly thought Faith Evans. Why? Because I love her melodies of her first album. Oh, I remember. Ain't nobody who can love me like you do. Mm. Ain't no reason that I'll ever be untrue. And then when you hold me in your arms, I get this feeling. It's like every melody on the album was like ridiculous. So when you think of, when I when you say melody, I'm like, oh, Faith Evans. Mm, awesome. Um, freedom. God, I always think of songs. Mm. I think of songs. I think um, I just think when you say freedom, I honestly I think of George Michael. Freedom, I yeah, won't let you down. Uh, <clears throat> the culture. The culture. Hmm. I don't want to seem vain, but I thought I thought me. Beautiful, beautiful. Last word. Reset. The one word I thought about is now. Amen. Amen. The power of now. And on that note, that is a perfect way to conclude this episode. I have to give extra special thanks to my special guest, Reese. Yes. So thank you so much for such great questions, such great energy. And I mean, I I know people are going to enjoy this interview I believe- because it was, it's true. It's yeah. true and it was real. I believe in it too, my queen. I believe in it too. Well, thank you so much for your time. You have been more than generous. And I just want to say I'm proud of you. I'm here with you. Um, and I cannot wait for the world to, to really, really listen to the new album. You really need to know that your contribution to music is respected, appreciated, and we will always hold you down to the end, queen. I know it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Word of mouth is real. I feel like that's how my album, the first one, got out there. And I know that my fans are going to keep my music going forever. Forever. Because you know what? Art never dies. That's right. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And on that note, that concludes this episode. Everyone, good night and goodbye. Yeah. (laughs)